Okay, y'all, in today's episode, I have my best friend and member of Serve Scale Soar, Emily. Emily started her career as an entrepreneur seven and a half years ago in the MLM. In February of this year, she decided she wanted to add something fun and different to her plate by starting a business as a Pinterest manager. She truly found her gift working as a VA and now loves building designing funnels. The transition hasn't been easy, but it's been super exciting to learn her skill she learned from MLM has been transferable and are the reason she has been able to scale her service-based business as fast as she has. And we're really talking about today how she was able to take the skills into her online business and how those transferred over. We're also talking about what it was like leaving a career that she had had for seven and a half years behind the identity that she associated with the career and what it's done for her family and the freedom that she's been given now that she has her own online business. And I'm so excited for y'all to meet Emily because she is an incredible person. She lives life to the fullest. She's a Seattle girl married to her high school sweetheart, Brian, and they have two beagles. And you are about to get so much good information out of her. So let's meet Emily. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Oh my goodness. Serve Scale Store family. I am so excited to be coming to you today with my good friend, Emily. And when I say good friend, I mean like best friend. So not only is she a member of Serve Scale Store, she is my best friend. We have been riding this entrepreneur journey together for like six years. I was trying to figure it out. It's been like six years, but she is more like a sister. But our journeys actually came together when we were both in uh, MLM direct sales type business. And that is where we really bonded. And then I ventured out into the online world and Emily soon after followed. And I've loved being on this journey with her as well. So Emily, thank you so much for being on the show today. And just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Yay. Oh my gosh. This is so fun. This is like the first podcast I've ever been on. So this is so great. So like Brandy said, I'm Emily. I have my own business now called Emily E. And I started out as a Pinterest manager and it's sort of morphed over time. So I'm sure we'll get into that more, but I started my business six months ago. I've been an entrepreneur now for seven years, six of those with Brandy, which has been awesome. And it's just been really fun. I'm from the Seattle area. I love coffee. I have two little beagles. They're so cute. I am married. I love how I say beagle first. That's great. Um, my husband will love that. I have <laughs> married to my high school sweetheart, Brian, and he just supports me every step of the way. And it's really amazing. I was wondering when Brian was going to get brought <laughs> into the conversation. <laughs> great. Okay. So Emily, tell us about, you said that you started off as a Pinterest manager, but what are your services now and who do you serve? I did start out as a Pinterest manager. I still have a couple of Pinterest clients, but I've really found my love and my gift in messaging. And I don't know why that is so surprising to me because that's always what I've been good at. I've always been able to take what someone else has given me and turn it around and make it pretty. 
And so I love building funnels. I love email sequences and I love helping course creators launch their online courses. I love that. And Emily and I were fortunate enough that we just wrapped up as we're chatting, um, working together on a launch. And that was so fun that like, not only are we both in the online world, but we actually got to do a launch together. I did the Facebook ad. She did all the funnels and emails and launch strategy and everything. And that was so fun. But how did you figure out that that's what you love? Cause that's a little different than doing Pinterest management. It is. I think this really comes down to having people in your corner who really see the best in you. I never would have gone that direction lend to my own devices, but one of my really now friends, but clients said, this is what I want done. And I said, okay. And so she gave me the resources that I needed to make that happen. And she really gave me the platform to fall in love with that. So fall in love with taking her messy offer and pulling it out and making it something that's beautiful, something that people can actually follow, something that people actually understand. So people know what she's trying to sell. So, you know, I've been very fortunate through this process that I've had people in my corner that know me and love me and get me and I've trusted them. And Emily did not just stumble upon like funnels and everything She was like most of us who started out doing a whole lot of everything. So tell us about some of your clients that were not Pinterest and were not sales funnel and kind of like what that experience was like. Yeah. So I really, I picked up anything and everything I could in the beginning of my business. I was like, oh, transcribing podcasts. Sure. I'll take it. Turns out I hate everything that has to do with transcribing. And I don't mind like, you know, I don't mind some of it, but I just like, I found myself waking up like dreading working on those projects. And that wasn't my favorite thing ever. I've also found that I really don't love Insta, like working. I love Instagram as a user. I don't love Instagram as a service provider. And so really just, especially recently being okay with letting clients go and knowing that I'm blessing someone else in the process by doing that. Because I think we have this tendency to be like, Oh, but that's my income. But the fact of the matter is, is there's so much out there. Like there's so much business out there. And by you letting it go, you're able to bless someone else. So that's been a really hard process for me because you remember I married my only boyfriend. Like I've never had to break up with anyone before. And so that's been a little bit of a process, but it's been so freeing. And, you know, I finally wake up and I feel like I'm living my dream life, which is really exciting. That's amazing. Okay. So let's jump back to, you know, transcribing podcasts and doing admin work and things like that. And so when you've let these clients go, Yes, it is so scary to let them go. Are you waiting to get new clients to replace them? Are you just like flat out saying like, no, I don't want to do this. What has been your process for letting them go? No, I've definitely had the income level that I needed and wanted to have before letting them go. And it's only been until this month that we've had our best month ever. And I have let two clients go. And that was really hard because I do love people hard. I love building that relationship with people and really digging into their business and their life and being 
that person for them. And so that it wasn't always the easiest thing to do. But when I like woke up and I wasn't having a cold sweat that I forgot to do something, I knew it was aligned with the purpose of what I wanted to do in my life moving forward. But no, I didn't let anybody go until I had the income to support it and the clients to support it. And I think that's really, really smart. And something that I talk a lot about in ServeScale Soar is just because you're niching down doesn't mean you need to drop your clients right away. Because when you drop those clients, unless they're causing like really pulling you down and holding you back. But for the most part, if you have that financial stress, you're not even going to be able to find your next client because you're going to be so worried about where the income's coming from. So I love that you replace them and then drop. And I don't want to say drop, but you hand them off to someone else. And I did the same thing switching to Facebook ads. And so I think that's really, really smart. Okay. So now we're down the like funnels and email sequence and all that marketing. And I love that. And it sounds like you've truly found like what you love to do. And so I'd like to backtrack and talk about your MLM business, your direct sales, and where were you in that business that made you transition to an online business? Yeah. So I was in a direct sales business for seven years and for five of those years, I was in the top 1% of the company. So when I say that I was doing direct sales, like I was doing it. It was my full-time job and I loved it. I loved what the company stood for. I loved the people that I met through it and still know and love through it. I just found myself in a rock and a hard place when I had some personal physical limitations that held me back. So a little bit about me, I got married three years ago now. And I actually dislocated my knee at my wedding reception in Mexico. So that's a story for another day, but it really rocked me. And I did, you know, I was out of commission for two to three months after that. And then a year later, I ended up re-injuring myself. And like six months after that, I had knee surgery. So there was a lot going on in my outside world. And that really affected my mindset and the way I was able to work within my direct sales business. And I didn't really even realize like how bad my mindset had gotten until I was like really digging into it. But that was really hard on me. And it caused me to have to take a step back in my position, but I was still fighting for it because I didn't know that my skills were transferable. I didn't know that the things that I had learned in my direct sales business could be transferred to anything else. And I didn't necessarily want to go back to working for someone else, but I knew there was a disconnect somewhere and I wasn't making the money that I wanted to make, but I knew there was potential to make great money in it. And, you know, you hear all your mentors just like, keep going, keep going, keep going. But at the end of the day, it's like, how long are you going to beat your head against the wall? How long are you going to let that happen? So it was difficult. But because of my external, like things I had going on, it really affected me. And so I was like yearning for something else, but I didn't know what that was going to look like. And then what introduced you or who introduced you (laughs) to the online world? Well, so, I mean, you've always been very transparent about what is going on in your life and your business. We have long late night conversations and I was really never ready to hear about, like, I was always very happy for you, but I could never see myself doing that in that capacity. 
And it wasn't until one dark day in the middle of February, we were in the middle of literally snowpocalypse in Seattle. We've never had that much snow in our entire lives. I was stuck in the house and you were like, Emily, why don't you do this? Like, it would be super fun. And I was like, okay, like, what do I need to do? And I just didn't really even think twice about it. I didn't think that this was going to be something that would replace my other, you know, my other business. I just thought it sounded fun. I thought it sounded like a great way to make some extra money and it'd be creative and a great way to fill some space. Yeah. And I think the big thing is as you're listening, you may have friends that are in a similar spot. And I had wanted Emily to try the online business for a while, but I never brought it up because I think sometimes you have to be very, very careful when you're suggesting new ideas to people. And it wasn't that Emily didn't, I mean, she heard my stories and everything, but I think one of the things that we've talked about a lot and I've talked about with other people is when you're in direct sales or MLM, there's this like community and you're kind of like in your own bubble. And so it's hard to see what's outside of the bubble. And when you're in it, you're in it. And when other people come and almost like, they're not saying that it's bad, but they're saying, Hey, there's another way you have to be very, very like cautious when you do that. And I think with us, it was me knowing that exactly the right time that it was like, Hey, now I think she's ready to hear this, but I feel like if I would have said it a month earlier, it like wouldn't have went the same way. Do you agree or? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I remember us having conversations through you starting your business. And I would think I was even in Virginia when you first got into being a virtual assistant and doing social media management. And I was so happy for you, but I wasn't even really looking for something else. And you know, when I first started, I really didn't, I still didn't know that it was going to be turned into what it is, but I knew that you didn't just like spout off information. I knew that you were trust, like it took a lot for you to say something and I was finally ready to hear it. Yeah. And I think that's important for everyone is just knowing that even if you're so excited about your business and Emily was excited for me, but she could never see herself at that moment in it. You just have to be very careful. And I think that that's really important that just because it's working for you doesn't mean it's working for others or they're ready to start that route. And so I want to talk a little bit more because our journeys have really went like together and it's been amazing, but I know there's a lot of people listening that are in the same situation and they've been in a career or direct sales for a long time and they just don't know like how to transition because it's hard when you've known something for seven and a half years, like how do you transition? And so can you talk about some of the mindset issues or limiting beliefs or blocks that you had when it came leaving direct sales to pursue an online business? I'd say the biggest thing is, is it has been a total process over the last six months. It wasn't just something where I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to create a new business and then I'm going to completely renounce and dump everything that I've built for the last seven years because that was my blood, sweat, and tears. Like that was my life. So I really had to work through the fact that even though I was new in my new business, I wasn't new as an entrepreneur and that I had something to bring to the table 
for whatever reason in my life, I've had this limiting belief that I'm not enough. I'm not going to be enough. I'm not going to make enough money. I'm not going to do enough. And so that's something that I've really had to work through in this new venture in just knowing that you can do this and you can do anything you set your mind to. You know, I remember growing up, we always knew that I could do anything I set my mind to. It didn't matter what it was. I could just do it. And somewhere along the way, I sort of lost that. I sort of lost the drive of knowing that I could do it. And I think sometimes when you're very aligned in what you're doing, that sort of comes naturally. And so that's everything that I've felt with starting my new service-based business is, oh, I'm needed and I'm wanted and this is exciting. Like I'm an integral part of these people's businesses. I haven't done it without help. And, you know, the Serve Scale Source community has been integral to that. I've done a couple other trainings as well. And I've taken everything that I've known from before and I have transferred it into this new business. I didn't just completely, you know, those skills are transferable. And so that's been the coolest thing. And I think that's also why I've been able to scale the way that I have is because of, you know, not being a newbie entrepreneur, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. There's like, I 100% believe that the reason that my discovery call conversion rate is so high is because of all the marketing calls that I did as a sales director in my previous career. And so 100% believe that the things that you learn in direct sales or your previous career, whatever it may be, can transfer over to what you're doing, even if you can't like match them up right then and there. And so I know a lot about marketing just because we were doing marketing and direct sales, but it's like, it was more of, you know, one to like 10 rather than one to 10,000 people like we can reach online and different things like that. But those skills still come across. And then I think there's some things that I did wrong in my business that have helped me really scale in my online business. And one of those was I managed my money really bad before in my direct sales business. And I can only blame myself. I'm an adult. There was some bad advice given as well, but I mean, I made those choices and now in this business coming into it, I've made it very clear. And I've talked about this in Surf Scale Store. I've talked about on the podcast that managing your money is so important to be able to scale because you have to have that savings. You have to know how much you're paying your family each month. There's so much that goes into that. And even if there was things that we've done wrong in other careers or experiences, we can bring that to the new position or scaling and know like, this is something I'm going to focus on now because I've done it wrong before. I'm not going to do it wrong again. So are there anything that you can think of that like, maybe you learned that now like directly transferred, or maybe you did wrong in your direct sales business, but now you've learned from them? I mean, money is a huge thing. I mean, I'm making triple the income that I was making in my direct sales business. And I actually feel like I'm managing it well. I actually have money moving through my bank account. It's really hard to know what kind of money you're going to have when you're just like guessing every month as to what your income is going to be. And that's how I thought. That's how I felt. So now, not that making money, more money, makes you better or different or anything, but it makes a huge difference in our family, in our household. I'm actually able to contribute to our family income. And that helps my mindset to know that I'm contributing. I think that's been a big thing. 
I mean, you said with the discovery calls, those were a cinch right off the bat, just because I had done so many marketing calls to begin with. And I had the confidence of knowing that I could run a business because I had done it before. And so this is just a whole new level. I love that. And so as we talk about having your own business online, it's a little bit different than having your business with direct sales. And because direct sales, you still have like, you're part of a business. Even if it's said that it's your business, you're still part of a business. There's still rules. There's still regulations. And now having the freedom to choose and pivot, what has that meant to you? Like you have way more flexibility in what you do and how you do it. So what have been your thoughts around that? Oh my gosh, it's been huge. It's been crazy. I've had some big moments lately, some big wins lately in my service business. And it's just been so crazy to see how it's aligned with what I was doing before. Because when you're wholesaling a product for someone, you may wholesale $10,000 for them, but you only see $2,500, $3,000 of that into your bank account. And then your expenses come out of that. And then really you should be putting money away for taxes, but you're not. And then that's the money that's left over. What I love about my service-based business is all the money runs through my own bank account. So I'm not wholesaling and getting a portion of it. All the money goes through and then I distribute my expenses and I pay myself first, which I never did in my other business. I never paid myself first. I was always the last one to be considered. And so that's just been really fun. And we're able to just decide that we're going to go to Disney next month. You know, we were going to be on the East coast anyways. And so we're just going to hop down and see Brandy and go to Disney, but we would have been a little strapped before this on that about this time last year, like we sort of ran out of money. And so having that extra income has been huge. Yeah. And guys, she's still putting money back for taxes. Like you should, she's 100% still doing that with this business as well. But you are right. The service-based online business, it is much, much leaner than having a direct sales business. You don't have inventory, things like that. So it does make a difference. Okay. So now I want to chat a little bit about identity. And so I think I've had this discussion with you, but I don't think we've ever actually discussed it. And I know one of the big struggles, and I've had clients who have also had the same struggle with different direct sales companies, and we left for very different reasons. And mine was tied up around, I was struggling a lot with my identity being tied into things like cars and purses and things like that. And having, I was pregnant with my daughter and then thinking like, I don't want her. And this was my beliefs. This is not, I'm not saying this is how it is. These were my personal beliefs that I had around my situation. I just want to make that very clear. But I was feeling like my whole worth was tied up in what car I drove, what jacket I wore, what purse I carried what diamonds I had. And for me, that was really hard because that's not who I am as a person. And so having a daughter, then it really became into question. And I felt like my whole identity was wrapped up in this company, like who I was to the outside, who I was in the company. And I didn't know what was going to happen when I decided to step down, when I decided to leave the company and how my identity would change. 
And so let's just chat about identity. And now, like, did you go through those same things or were you more like, no, that's not my identity? No, I think it's a, and I don't know if it's a culture of MLM or just how I was feeling, but you are the company you work for is how I felt. And when I really took a step back and I was looking at what I wanted, I didn't want what I do to be who I am. And I realized, oh, I don't have to have a position or a title or anything like that is not my identity. So, you know, I don't have kids yet, but I did start thinking about what I wanted my life to look like. And I did not want to work nights and weekends for the rest of my life. That's not to say you can't be successful in MLM without working nights and weekends, but that's the journey that I knew. And for whatever reason, my identity was wrapped up in that. And so stepping away from that has been really hard because you feel like you are the company that you work for when in reality, you are you. And it's okay to love the company you work for and love the things that you do, but you don't need to be them. Right. I think that's one of the biggest things I have loved about having my own business is that it's me. Like I am my business. It's Brandy and company and it is, I am the face of it and I get to show up how I want to show up. I don't have to put on a front for people. I'm not putting on fake eyelashes or high heels. I can be super successful in a messy bun and my mom clothes on, as I have said before and truly believe. And that is one thing I really love about having an online business and like being able to work remotely is the fact that it is your business. You decide what that business looks like. You decide what your success looks like. And I think that's been one of the most freeing feelings that I've ever experienced. I would totally agree. Okay. Now let's chat a little bit about the difference between direct sales and then having an online business. And because you talked about how you're coming to Disney, we're taking Emily and Brian to Disney, which I'm super excited about. We're staying at a super fancy Disney resort. I think it's the wilderness lodge. Yeah. Wilderness mm -hmm. lodge. We're going to be staying there in October. And so I'm really excited, but one thing that I know you just brought up is you didn't want to have a business where you were working nights and weekends all the time. And I think that is one of the biggest blessings as well. As y'all know, if you follow me, we're at Disney a lot and I don't have to work nights and weekends anymore. And that has been such a great thing. But for you, especially my husband's home. So like, it really doesn't matter when I work because he's always home, but your husband works a very high, stressful, lots of hour job. And he's at home on the weekends because he works Monday through Friday job. You were gone at nights and weekends. And now that's not the case. So tell us a little bit about how your life looks now. Oh my gosh. It's the coolest thing ever. You know, I think there's this air in MLM of you don't want to be waiting for your next vacation to live your life. And the fact of the matter is, is it's okay to like the weekend and it's okay to like Monday when you go back to doing what you were doing. You know, I've never worked a Monday through Friday job, but it really has been the coolest thing. And my husband does work a lot. He works 12 hour days. You know, a couple weeks ago, he logged a hundred hour week. Like he has a big job and we spent very little time together before. And the time that we did spend together wasn't quality because I was always worried that I should be working. 
And if we were to go on vacation, it was very hard before and after we went on vacation. It was great when we were there, but then it was hard before and after because I always felt like I needed to pull double time before we left and when I got home in order to make up for the fact that we went on vacation. And so I love that now we have a vacation planned for a week next month and a week the month after that. And I may pull my computer out for an hour or something if I need to, but I know what my income is going to be for the month now. And I know what that's going to look like now. Whereas like, I won't have to pull double time in order to make it happen. So it's just been the most fun thing. We've never spent this much time together. We went to separate colleges. We, you know, maybe in high school, we spent this much time together, but it's been a very long time and it's been awesome for our relationship. And I know that it's a sustainable thing so that when we have kids in the future, we're going to be able to handle it. We're going to be able to add more to our lives and bless our lives in that way without constantly worrying about our double income lifestyle. And we're working all the time and all the things. Uh, I love that because that's what I really want for every single person that's listening is to create a life they love and one, they're a business that they're excited about, but then a life that they've truly dreamed of. And I see you and Brian on the weekends, just like living your best life. And I love that. She'll be like at a bar drinking, watching football, living it up. And I'm like, we're at Disney eating Dole Whips. (laughs) So So that will be your life one day. (laughs) No more bars and definitely lots of Dole Whip. (laughs) But I love that y'all are spending so much time together and just loving life. So this has been so great, but I do want to talk about a few things. What has been your biggest challenge in your service-based business so far? So I like to say that I accidentally created a business and that's not necessarily true, but that has probably been the biggest thing that I've had to overcome is the transition and is knowing that this is a long-term viable opportunity and that I can set goals and it's okay if I don't reach them. But in my prior career, I was always setting goals. I was always trying to move to the next level and I never quite reached the potential that I wanted. And I knew in my heart that I could. And so goal setting for me has been really hard because I don't want to set goals out of fear anymore. And so setting goals in my business, I just like reach milestones and I'm like, oh, yay, like celebrating has been really hard. So for me, it's learning to be more intentional with my income and my wins so that I can stop saying that I accidentally created a business because I didn't. I worked for it. I just never expected that it would turn into what it did. I love that. And I think one of the big things that was, that's been very freeing as well for me is similar is that your goals don't have to be tied to a timeline. They actually shouldn't be to a timeline. You set the intent out to the universe, you put your goal and then you just know it's going to happen. It doesn't matter when it happens. I said, I wanted to create a six figure business didn't say when I just said I wanted to. And then in 10 months it happened because there's not that pressure of the time. You're just doing the things that you need to do to get there. And when you arrive, it feels so good. And I think the same thing with this is we don't have to put timelines on our goals anymore. And that's really freeing as well. And it gives you the opportunity to hit those goals. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's January to December, if it's a fiscal year or if it's a 
June to July, like your goals don't have to be on a timeline. And I think that's the biggest thing because that's what causes the angst, right? When you put a timeline on it, that's what makes you shut down because you didn't hit your goals. Yes. I love that. Okay. So what has been your biggest win so far in your service-based business? Um, my biggest win has been supporting my client in a really, really awesome launch. So we launched her online course this month and over a six figure launch. She did just under 130,000 in revenue. And I was her right hand man. I was her person implementing all of the crazy ideas that she had. We did a soft launch over the summer and it was like 42,000. So this was by far a bigger scale and a bigger audience. And obviously we brought in Facebook ads. So that was one of the coolest things is to be right there during that launch and knowing that we created that revenue. We built that revenue for the next year in her life. And so that's been really fun. And because of that, my income has grown too. And so that's been a big win too. have my first $5,000 month and knowing that, you know, all that money went through my bank account and I'm able to, you know, have more than $5 in my bank account now. I love that. I love that. That's a huge win. And one thing I love too is, you know, you're not a mom yet and y'all are getting to live this like fun non-parent lifestyle, but that's great because we have so many listeners and they hear all of these like moms on the show and what it's like, but it's so cool that y'all are creating a life that is going to, you know, you're having the time of your life right now with that extra income. And then just think about it, what your business will be when y'all start having children. And this is just the beginning. So I'm super excited for you. Thanks. It's really fun. You know, it's fun to just do spontaneous things. We never really did spontaneous things before. My girlfriend messaged me a couple weeks ago and she was like, I had someone who was going to go to Oregon with me and now I'm going to go by myself. And she was like, well, do you want to go? And my immediate answer was no. I was like, no, I can't. I'm too busy, blah, blah, blah. But then I looked at my schedule and I was like, well, I'm not too busy. Like I can make this work. I can make this happen. So it's just really fun to fit in those fun things and those experiences that you're going to remember forever. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Cause I love, you know, I'm all about the experiences. Don't give me any physical things. Just give me an experience and I'm a happy person. Okay. So are you ready for some rapid fire? Yeah. Okay. So what's the favorite part of your business? I love numbers. I love breaking down numbers. I love strategy. I love feeling like I've made an impact on my clients' lives. And so those are my favorite conversations is the strategy. Okay. So what is your favorite tool or software that you can't live without? ClickUp. I love ClickUp. I was real resistant to ClickUp for a long time. And then a client came to me and was like, Emily, you're a little bit of a hot mess. I love you. But I like, I'm a hot mess and I need you to not be a hot mess. And so I was like, okay. And so that's when I implemented ClickUp and I've never stopped using it since. And it's been amazing because I'm not a inherently organized person, but I do love lists and it fills that need. And ClickUp needs to get an affiliate link real soon. (laughs) So, okay. So tell me what has been your favorite part of being in SurfScale Store? My favorite part about being in the SurfScale Store community is the people. I absolutely love the community. I love being able to celebrate other people. I love posting random gifts on people's (laughs) comments. It's the most gift 
community I've ever been a part of. And it just makes it so fun. And now that I have a couple of friends, like friends from outside of Surf Scale Soar that are coming in too, they're just confirming for me the fact that the community is unlike anything you're going to see. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's what I wanted to build. And I never thought that it would build to the community that it has. And it's been so amazing. And yes, if you like GIFs, your GIF game <laughs> needs to be strong in Surf Scale Soar. And if it's not, no worries. It will get strong real, real quick inside there. So I love that. Well, thank you so much, Emily. This has been so great. And I just cannot wait to see what is in store for you in the next six months. So thanks for being on the show. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Brandy. This has been a dream. Truly. This has been so fun. So you can find me at emilyee.co, not.com.co is my website. And my Instagram is Emily E. Bergsoggle. We'll link it in the show notes because you can thank my husband for that last name. But I'd love to connect with you. I love to connect with people. This has been just so, so fun. Perfect. And she blames her husband, but her name before her married name was Andreessen. So good luck with that one too. That's Thanks so true. much, Emily. Wow. That was so good. Emily just brought us so much value, especially if you are someone who has had a career and you're just trying to make that transition and you're really not sure how, but also Emily just was really vulnerable with us and shared how this business has been able to create time for her husband, freedom, like flexibility, all those things that she has been wanting and the community that she's been able to build around her and helping her clients and really finding what she is called to do. And I think that's so incredible. And that is what I hope each and every single one of you are doing is building the business and the life that you get excited about waking up to. So this week, go out and serve your clients, scale your business and soar into that six figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.